are listening to Pet Fluff with Katie Mara, a lifestyle podcast that features various topics, current events, tips and advice, and the occasional guest that not only benefits you, but also your pet. So come and join me and take a listen as I am your host, Katie Mara. Hey guys, I'm Katie Mara and this is Pet Fluff episode 11. Who am I, you ask? Well, I'm a pet sitter by day and podcaster by night. My husband, Herbert, and I own a pet care company in Northern Virginia and have been a professional sitter for over 10 years. I've seen it all with pets, young to old, disabled, sick, and even behavioral issues, including anxiety and aggression. I wanted to create a platform for all pet lovers and owners to accrue information about all things pets. So today we're going to discuss how animals help us in our daily lives, from protection to comforting us and even detecting health concerns. I'm also going to answer a question that can be somewhat daunting. What is the best cat litter for my cat? But now let's get into our first segment. Here's a scooper. Here's a scooper where a captivating current event can spark a conversation or a feel-good story that makes your heart smile. And best of all, it's all about the animals. So this year, in 2020, it is a big election year. Everyone is very excited to get their voting registration completed so that they can be registered to vote come November. According to a Fox News story, in Atlanta, a family received a voter registration form addressed to their cat, Cody Timms, who actually died 12 years ago. Carol Timms, Cody's owner, expressed that while she understands the huge push for registering voters, she questions the methods of finding new voters by registering other pets. Carol describes Cody as a great indoor-outdoor cat who loved his family and neighborhood. He was 18 when he passed. But in terms of his voting prospects, Carol said that Cody is a cat that has passed long ago. And the Georgia Secretary of State's office put out a statement stating third-party groups all over the country are targeting Georgia to help register qualified individuals. This group makes you wonder what these out-of-town activists are actually really doing. Make no mistake about it, this office is dedicated to investigating all types of fraud. The third-party groups behind such applications often use mailing lists to obtain names and addresses of people, and apparently cats. Carol was asked if Cody was alive, how might he have voted in the polls? Democrat was the answer. He was a brilliant cat and thinks that he would have voted for a party with qualifications. The Secretary of State's office had also stated that if Cody was still alive today and was able to show up at the polls, he wouldn't be allowed to vote due to not having a driver's license or state ID. There is a significant issue with potential voters fraud, and that's why I think Georgia has had so many issues in the past regarding qualified voters to be able to go to the polls and vote. They've just had such a debacle with that. So I thought that was kind of funny. Could you imagine if a cat actually went down to the voting polls and the owner took them and then they could actually vote because they actually had the proper (laughs) identification? That would be insane. But now we're going to head on to our second segment, All the Fluff. fluff. 
All the Fluff, where discussions happen and information is absorbed to help aid you and your pet. Besides having pets as our daily companion, we use animals to assist us in many daily activities and preventions. Have you ever heard of a bomb-sniffing rat or a medical-detecting dog? How about a dolphin bomb squad? Cats that can sense death? We will discuss all of these stories and more. So this topic first sparked my interest several years ago when I heard about a cat named Oscar. He lived in a nursing home and would nap next to terminally ill patients hours before they pass. Theories on him knowing how they were going to pass were either because he could smell biochemicals released from dying cells or the patient had lack of movement. I found this story completely fascinating, and I wanted to learn more about other stories and how animals are used to benefit our daily lives. So I dove into some research. I mean, it's pretty common knowledge that we already know that dogs have been trained for emotional support helping people with blindness and other disabilities, and even supporting law enforcement as canine police and cadaver dogs. But did you know that they are also training dogs to specifically sniff out cancer? According to Science Daily, dogs have smell receptors 10,000 times more accurate than humans, which makes dogs to be more sensitive to odors we can't perceive. A new study showed that dogs were able to smell and pick out blood samples from people with cancer with almost 97% accuracy. This study can lead to cancer screening approaches that are both inexpensive and accurate without being super invasive. With no current cure for cancer, early detection is the best hope of survival. A highly sensitive test for detecting cancer could potentially save thousands of lives and change the way that the disease is treated. Dogs aren't the only animal used in the health field. Dr. Michael Zasloff, a professor of surgery at Georgetown University School of Medicine, has been working with frog skin to help produce antimicrobial ointment to treat diabetic ulcers on patients' feet. Animals all protect themselves with antimicrobials, even humans, naturally. We all do this naturally. He discovered this in the 1980s while working at the NIH. In frog skin, these animals store high concentrations of powerful antibiotics of a particular type of antimicrobial peptides. This is far more effective than the conventional antibiotics because they recognize microbe membranes rather than microbial proteins and enzymes. Altering the membrane to develop resistance is far more difficult for bacteria and fungi than altering a protein. Zasloff's clinical trials were successful with curing the diabetic ulcers, but the FDA needed further studies. Now, shifting gears, leeches are another resource in the health field. They are used after severe trauma to help close wounds, reattach limbs, and mend skin after plastic surgery. Out of all of the 650 different species of leeches, only one has been medically approved. Now, I'm going to probably butcher this name, but it's Hirudo medicinalis. I'm not good in science. They have the right-sized teeth and secrete anticoagulants, which keeps the blood flowing. This feature 
helps skin and limbs because by reattaching a limb, typically blood pools develop in the exposed area. The leech would then be used to suck out the extra blood so that the veins will redevelop, which is ideal for reattachment. And speaking of diabetes, dogs for diabetics are training dogs to sniff out hypoglycemia in diabetic patients. The dogs, which are mainly Goldens and Labs, are trained on a scent specifically found on a diabetic's breath or sweat when experiencing hypoglycemia. The dogs have also been trained to identify the scent within different environments, such as work, school, or driving. These dogs with specialized health training are required to complete a minimum of 120 hours along with specific lists and additional tasks. Another industry that has used animals is the military. In the past, some animals were used for warfare, which included napalm bats, warning parrots, and missile-flying pigeons. Now, the bats themselves were ditched due to the bats escaping and destroying a hangar and a general's vehicle, which I don't even know how that works. It doesn't seem like it's humane. This was World War One, And the warning parrots were ditched because they were used to identify enemies, but they were getting confused of who was an ally and who was the enemy. But more recently, the American commando team that killed Osama bin Laden included a dog. Dogs have long been used to find bombs and booby trap doors, and of course being able to find people and detain them with their trained bite. Military dogs are treated as the same as a soldier receiving prestigious awards and are part of some of the most highly trained teams, including the Navy SEALs and other special ops groups. The training is tough and only 50% of the dogs pass through the selection process after they are categorized as an operator to search explosives or narcotics or as a patrol member for apprehension and search for the enemy. According to the National Geographic, whales and dolphins have also been used in military warfare. Beluga whales were being trained in Russia to spy in on various countries. Their program included beluga whales, bottlenosed dolphins, and seals to guard entrances of the naval bases, assist divers, and possibly kill strangers who entered their territory. Using marine animals isn't just in Russia, as the U.S. is no stranger to a similar program that was put in place since the 1960s. These mammals were able to detect targets at depth or murky waters that technology cannot duplicate. This is of value to the U.S. military. The Navy trains sea lions and bottlenose dolphins to find and retrieve equipment lost at sea, as well as being able to identify intruders swimming in restricted areas. They are also able to detect mines tethered, floating, or anchored to the seafloor. Bottlenose dolphins, in particular, are able to use echolocation, which is sonar that is able to bounce off of objects in the surrounding environment to locate mines, equipment, or intruders. Sea lions are specifically used to be able to locate things that are out of place. Both are very smart and very trainable, which makes them a priority over killer whales and belugas, as their training practices previously failed.
Another animal that is used in detecting bombs is a rat, but this isn't used for military warfare. More specifically, African giant pouch rats are used to detect landmines, grenades, and shells left over from areas of conflict that include Cambodia, Vietnam, Angola, and Colombia. The rats can detect the presence of TNT in the amounts of starting at 29 grams, which is one ounce. A nonprofit group called APOPO, based in Belgium, began the rat training over 15 years ago. The rats are also trained in detecting tuberculosis. The training program is in Tanzania and are deploying rats to war-stricken countries so that their citizens do not have to worry walking around and possibly stepping on a landmine. It's great because, in general, a rat can detect a mine without setting it off because they are too light, which is one advantage to a mine-sniffing dog. Rats will also work with anyone unlike a dog, which makes transport and accomplishing detection much easier. Most rats, when detecting a bomb, will use their scent to locate any sort of landmine. When picking up a scent, it scratches and then receives a reward. Of course, when it comes to rewards, rats have been quite clever into tricking handlers to receive extra treats when the work hasn't been completed. But the handlers have learned all the tricks that the rats try to use on the handler. Smelling oil, batteries, etc., the rat will not receive the reward. So diligent training on both ends ensure that both are working together. To train a rat costs about $6,500. They live six to eight years in captivity, and they are kept in individual air-conditioned cages. Keeping them healthy allows a better performance. I am going to provide a link because the APOPO is always accepting donations, so I will attach the link to the show notes. More than ever, pets give us a relief during bouts of depression and anxiety. 80 million households own pets, and 74% of pet owners experience mental health improvement from pet ownership. Positive human-to-pet interaction can alleviate stress, anxiety, and depression, as well as creating a bond and prevent feelings of loneliness and isolation. Pets provide routine and responsibility, as well as security for people experiencing mental health issues. The increase for emotional support pets for PTSD and anxiety has proved much success for individuals who suffer socially on a daily basis. It's amazing how much animals benefit our daily lives, how much they contribute to our well-being both physically and mentally. The things that animals are doing these days are truly amazing, and I thought some of these stories were miraculous. So we're going to head on to our next segment, Q&A time. It's Q&A time. Solve all your animal problems here. No matter how pressing or silly your question is, don't worry, I got you covered. Now, it's time to get into the nitty gritty. Sally P. from Fairfax, Virginia asks, what is the best type of litter for my cat? Now, this question can be kind of daunting to some as there's 
dozens of choices available on the market. This question all depends on what do you want, a clumping formula, or you're looking for more of a natural option. One thing for sure is you want a litter that has low dust and probably clumping or easily scoopable formulas. I would try to minimize the over-scented litter. It may deter cats from the litter box. Clay formulas are the most well-known. So when it comes to clay, I would stick with ones that are low dust, being able to clump and scoop, and low scent. For a more natural approach, there are litters that are made from materials like pine pellets or corn husk. I do know with the pine pellets in particular, they can expand and they can actually be flushed down the toilet when scooping poop and small clumps of urine. Some cats actually don't like the natural litters and then some do. So with this, you'll have to experiment. Now, there is a litter for troublesome cats that go outside the box. It's called Cat Attract, and it's worked wonders for the cats that I've seen use it. And it's a good option to use if you're trying to retrain your cat to use the box inside. And then little by little, you can wean them off by putting less and less Cat Attract in the litter box and adding more of a regular litter. Now, there is another option available called Pretty Litter, which I've seen ads for primarily on Instagram. And it seems like a cool concept. It detects urine infections in cats by changing the color of the litter. So when a cat uses the restroom, when it pees, the different colors detect different things like kidney issues and UTIs. Now, I've never personally used it, nor am I endorsed by Pretty Litter, but Pretty Litter, if you're listening, please endorse me by any means. It seems like a good option available for cats that have urinary issues. So make sure that with any amount of cats that you have, it's a one-to-one ratio. If you have nine cats, you're going to need nine litter boxes. And I will list some brands in the notes if you're interested. So there's a lot to choose from. So it really depends on what you feel is deemed for your, I guess, morale or what's economical. So there's many options available. But I hope Sally P from Fairfax, this answers your question. And if you have any questions for me, you can email me at petfluffpodcast at gmail.com. Now we're going to get into my favorite segment of the episode, the feature pet of the episode. Well, it's time for my favorite segment, which is the feature pet of the episode. This is where I showcase a local DMV pet that is in need of a forever home. So let me help you find your forever pet. Today's pet feature of the episode is partnered with Four Paws Rescue Team. They are a nonprofit, community based, all volunteer organization that takes in neglected, abandoned, abused, and unwanted cats and kittens. Cats rescued by Four Paws receive vaccines and appropriate veterinary care before being adopted into permanent and loving homes. An animal rescued by Four Paws will never be euthanized except out of medical necessity. Additionally, Four Paws is dedicated to supporting the management 
management of populations and improving the overall health of feral cat colonies. Four Paul volunteers also hold seminars in local schools to teach children the importance of responsible pet care. Currently, Four Paws is offering a virtual meet and greets so that adopters can meet cats in foster homes that they are considering adopting with minimal risk. They are also offering $25 off Black Cats and Kittens in the month of August as a promotion for Clear the Shelters Month. Today's feature is Sawyer, and he came to Four Paws from the Prince George's County Animal Shelter. Sawyer loves people and is very sociable and outgoing. He loves to snuggle and loves to entertain himself with a variety of cat toys. His foster has never seen him growl or hiss at a person. He would make a wonderful family cat or a first cat. We feel that he would do well with children. However, he is not a big fan of other cats and dogs, so he would definitely be adopted as a single cat. Sawyer is available for foster or adoption. Some of Sawyer's favorite pastimes include climbing to the highest cat tree or furniture in a home and watching his humans go on with their daily routine until he falls asleep rubbing up against a warm leg, getting lots of pets, and last but not least, cuddling up on a nice lap for some rubs and a nap. Sawyer's estimated birth date is May 2017. He is neutered, current on his vaccinations, and microchipped. Sawyer has a negative result for feline leukemia. If you are interested in Sawyer and want to foster or adopt him, check out our bio on our Instagram account at CRC Pet Service. appreciated your time with me today. I hope you enjoyed all the stories that I shared with you today. I thought it was really cool. If you want further information on all of Pet Fluff with Katie Mara episodes, you can follow me on my Instagram account at CRC Pet Service. You can follow me on Twitter at Pet Fluff Podcast, or you can even email me for any questions, answers, suggestions, a hello, a thank you, a you're welcome at petfluffpodcast at gmail.com. Are you looking for pet sitting services in Falls Church, Arlington, McLean, or Tyson's Corner, Virginia? Hit up CRC Pet Service for all of your pet sitting needs. That is crcpetservice at gmail.com. We provide all sorts of services, including dog walks, cat sitting, boarding, and overnight care. We are open for business and are accepting new clients on a daily basis. Next episode is going to be released Wednesday, August 19th. almost forgot the date. And I'm going to expand upon this episode's topic, stories about pets, but pets who have solved crimes. I've come across quite a bunch of stories of pets being used to solve all sorts of crimes. So we're going to get into that as well, as well as I'm going to answer some questions that were asked about me. So I'm going to answer some of those about pet sitting questions, how I got into pet sitting, what my career was before. We'll get into all of that. So I'm so happy that you joined me today and I hope you continue to enjoy each and every episode. So join me again on the 18th of August and in case you have forgotten today, you matter, you are loved, you are worthy, and you are magical. Have a wonderful two weeks, guys. Bye.